This is Pierre Bouvier, lead singer of the band Simple Plan. I could sing a song for you, Wine 30, with Andrew and Lindsay. Here we go. Andrew and Lindsay hosting Wine 30. Andrew and Lindsay. Through all the best and many more years to come tonight. I'm just a kid. Many more years to come. Peace. Welcome back, ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary friends, to another episode of Wine 30. Or if it's your first time tuning in. Welcome for the first time. Yeah. And if you don't know, this is a podcast about where, you know, we uh, talk about wine that was a really bad sentence. <laughs> right? We talk about wine and pop culture. Yeah. Our trip to Comic-Con right now. Normally we talk about a lot of like hot topics, politics and such. We may touch on the January 6th hearings a teeny bit today, but we're at Comic-Con. So we're trying to keep it fun and positive. Yeah. <laughs> so we are once again drinking the same Josephine Cabernet Sauvignon because, like I said, we're still traveling and it's not like we've been like exploring San Diego looking for wine. So yeah, it's kind of lame, but I feel like this still tastes decent for being open for a couple days. Yeah, it tastes fine to me. I mean, so and this is one where if you like. Had a glass one day, had a glass a couple days later, and then you could always use, like, the rest of it in a, like, pasta sauce or, like, while cooking meat. And it would you could pretty good. much do that with any red wine, honestly. Yeah. I prefer not to with, like, really acidic reds, but I know some people do. Personal preference, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember the last time you, you've used wine. When was the last time you used red wine in your cooking? Pretty much never. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes <laughs> I think about it. Sometimes yeah. I put wine aside to cook with and then don't cook with it. Yeah. Actually, I've used white wine more recently than than red wine in cooking. Yeah. You can use it in pasta sauce. White wine? Red wine. Oh, yeah, red. You can use white wine, too, if it's a white sauce. Or if you're making, like, shrimp. You can throw some white wine in there. Yeah. That's Maybe fine. you'll start cooking with wine more. Maybe. Maybe we'll I'll make it, an effort. We'll make a new podcast called Cooking with Lindsay. And wine. And wine. While she whines. Wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'll be Wine Wine Wednesdays. Yes. So, yeah, like I said, we're still at Comic-Con. I thought we would talk about some of the panels we've seen since last time and our thoughts on them. And then we'll share a clip from a panel here at the end of the podcast as well. So first up, we went to the Looney Tunes panel and I literally thought it was just going to be like old school Looney Tunes. Yeah. But they were introducing some new stuff. They had like Bugs Bunny Builders, which was a preschool show they made a bunch of shorts of old characters like Witch Hazel, so we got to see one of those shorts that I thought was really fun. And then they talked about like 
I think it's called like Luniversity or something where the Looney Tunes are in college. So they have a lot of new cool stuff coming out. Yeah, it was it was kind of cool. Good for young children. Yeah, I have a nephew who is three, almost four. And I, when we saw the first episode of Bugs Money Builders, I was like, this is right up his alley. This kid is going to be watching this show like crazy. Yeah, it was basically we just went to that because we wanted to see the next panel. You or do the that one a lot. after. You yeah. do that a lot of cons. So after that, they had the Gremlins Secrets of the Mogwai panel. And I also had no clue what this was, but we were trying to wait for Smiling Friends after. They showed the entire first episode. It was really cute. And they have a bunch of cool guest stars in the first season. They have like Randall Park and George Takai and Sandra Oh. So... They have some pretty big names. Yeah, when I first saw it, I thought it was like a reboot. And then when we went to the panel, I was like, oh, it's an animation. Yeah, it's an animation for one, and it takes place in 1920s Shanghai instead of 1980s. Yeah, and it's about like the first sightings. Well, not the first, but it's like a story about... Like the origins. Gerbo, I think. Gizmo. Gizmo, yeah. Yeah, so it's more like the origins of them versus like them in the U.S. multiplying in swimming pools and all of that. So it looks really cute. The first episode was enjoyable. I don't think it's something I'll necessarily be watching. Oh, I'll be watching it. Like, it might be something where if, like, I was at a hotel and it was on TV, I might watch an episode. But I don't think I'm going to just, like, binge watch the whole thing. Okay. Maybe I will. Who knows? I may have a mood. Yeah. So, next up, we had a Smiling Friends. That was really good. Probably one of my favorite panels I've seen so far. Yeah. And it wasn't, like, over the top. It was, like, very minimal. Yeah, it was just the two creators and then the moderator. And the panelists had iPads and were on Procreate the whole time doodling. I posted some of them on Instagram. So, if you flip through my Instagram, you can see some of the fun Smiling Friends doodles. Um, They answered everyone's questions very well. They shared a lot about like their process and stuff and how the show came to be. And I think they're just really creative, quirky dudes. Yeah, they're fun. Fun guys. We'd love to have them down for an interview. Sit down. And if you haven't watched Smiling Friends, because I know at this point it's kind of like kind of like a culty underground adult swim thing, go check it out. Yeah, it's funny. It's a little bit crass, the first episode, but they kind of really draw you into the See, humor. See, the first episode, I wouldn't call it crass, but I would call it very dark. Yeah. Like, like it, it shocked though. me. I like it when they go push the boundaries a little bit. Yes. In a good, not like in a nasty, disgusting way, but like in a good way. It it definitely shocked me because it wasn't what I expected it to be. But once I got past the first episode, I feel like it just got more and more enjoyable to watch. Yeah. So... If the first episode is kind of off-putting to you, I recommend at least watching one more episode before giving up on it. So we then went to the very end of the Walking Dead panel in Hall H, which I never really watched Walking Dead, but I know some people are like diehard fans. They basically, like that whole franchise is kind of like, or the... It's wrapping up. It's wrapping up. Yeah. They're in their last few episodes, but they did... They're basically trying to, like, push their spinoffs at this point. Yeah, they were talking about a Walking Dead movie and a limited series and another spinoff series. 
So they're kind of like, this is ending, but there's like a ton of different ways you can still. And honestly, I've never really been a a huge Walking Dead fan. I just, I think I missed the boat on that one. Like it already was in several seasons before I watched like one or two episodes at the beginning. And I was like, eh, I don't think I'm ready to commit. I'm just not a zombie person. I don't enjoy zombie stuff unless it's like really like satire. I do enjoy zombie uh, stuff, but it's not really about the zombies. It's more about the social interactions between the characters Mm -hmm. from what I understand. Like at a certain point, the zombies are just there and they're just something they deal with on a regular basis. But it's more about like, oh, putting down your mother. Because See, she got bit, right? Like, like Jesse McCartney was on The Walking Dead, and I still didn't watch The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. Like, he was on for, like, ten episodes or something. That's sad. And I still didn't watch it because I just can't do zombies. I can't. Unless it's not. It's, like I said, it's not about zombies. Unless it's, like, Shaun of the Dead, where it's just, like, complete and utter. You don't even watch funny. that. I, I do. Have you seen Shaun of the Dead? Yeah. Oh, okay. I've seen it alone or whatever, and then we've watched it together as well. Okay. That's about my extent of I'll zombie. I'll take your word for it. So, then we were in there because we were waiting for the Berserker panel with Keanu Reeves, which I believe is what we're going to share a clip of at the end of this episode. And while I enjoy seeing Keanu, because I do think he's like, I think he has a big heart. He seemed really excited about it, but he also seemed like he was stretched really thin. Yeah, so if you don't know, Berserker is this comic book series that was started by Matt Kent and Keanu Reeves. It was kind of like Keanu's like brainchild that then he brought it to Boom. a movie company. No, he brought it to a movie company oh. or his agents or whatever and he said, oh, I want to like create this character and they said, well, have you thought comic? about comics because yeah. this like maybe not this medium. So he got a meeting with Boom Comics. They set him up with Matt Kent and some cool like artists and they created a comic book series. And now the comic book series only has two issues left. They did what, 10 or 12 issues? Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I haven't, I've read the first two volumes. So they've got two they only more have, volumes. No, they have two more issues. Two more issues. Okay. So they did two full volumes and then two loan issues at the end. Oh, I'm sorry. I read the first volume and they're just finishing up the second volume and then they have two more issues after that. Yes. So 12 issues all, all day. And I've read, so I, I will read the second volume as soon as they drop it. Um, I think next month. Yeah. So I think it was a decent, uh, it's a decent comic book. It's just a little bit like, um, it's like, I don't know if it's, if you're going to get both genders being so gung ho about it. Cause it's got so much action and it does kind of like, yeah, there's some bad ass women in the comic book but it's not really not focused on the women mm-hmm. nor are the women supposed to compete with like the male characters in it which he so like the main character they call him b like whenever they talk about him in the panel basically from what i understood i haven't read it it sounds like he has been alive for eighty thousand years yeah and he's unkillable Right, and they had, like, in the first five issues, there was, like, a damsel in distress scenario, Mm -hmm. which I hate it when stories do that, because that's always, like, you know, that's been happening since they began telling stories, you know, King Arthur, and if you remember all the Cinderella stories, it's like, the damsel in distress, she needs help, you know, and so, like, I really wish he would have stepped away from that narrative, however, I do think that that narrative sells right now, so... Yeah, 
Um, Which it doesn't sound like the next issues are about that. So we'll see. So basically their big announcements here were one, a movie with Netflix, which I was like, of course they're making a movie. And then two anime series, not one anime series, but two. Which I'm actually pretty stoked. I think it's going to make a really dope anime. I think they should have just done the anime and not done a live action movie. I mean, the comic books are cool place to start. No, I'm saying start with the comic books and then as they're expanding, do an anime. Yeah, and I think the anime company that they got was um, something IG. They did uh, uh, production IG and they did Ghost in a Shell. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a couple other pretty well known. So that's a huge win. Yeah. So they basically have full length movie, two animes, and then he announced a novel as well, which it sounds like he's kind of like helping come up with the story part for, but he is teaming up with a writer to actually write it. And he wanted to say who the writer was, but wasn't allowed to. Mm -hmm. And he like almost let it slip a bunch of times. And I don't know why they didn't just And then let he let, him, let it slip that he was British, so... No, he didn't let it slip that it was British. He did slip and say that the first time that they sat down and met was in Ireland. Oh, yeah. Which makes you think that either, one, it's someone like George R. R. Martin who was filming in Ireland yeah. at the time. Or, or someone who lives in Europe somewhere. Who is that other person that... My, Peterson or my aunt mentioned it could be James Patterson because yeah. he works with... Everybody. Yeah. But it's funny because James Patterson doesn't even write his own stuff. Yeah. He hires ghostwriters. So that's the problem with a lot of the big names nowadays. And the problem with George R. R. Martin is he has a hard time like finishing books. Yeah, and all his books are formula, right? Which no, that's uh Patterson. Oh yeah. Okay. But actually I know Andrew yesterday mentioned how much he enjoyed Patrick Rothfuss. Isn't he from the UK? Uh I believe so. He actually might be American. I'm not sure how to research it. I feel like that just seems like someone who would live in, like... Right. England or something. Um, yeah, so I'm just kind of, like, mentally speculating who it is. I feel like I'll probably be let down. He'll be like, yeah. it's Dan Brown. And I'll be like, of course, it's Dan Brown. Yeah. We'll just have to um, wait and see if it even comes to fruition. Maybe that's why the studio is like, well, like we're until not 100%. Like, until we have it in hand. Yeah. So I get that. Uh, so, yeah. That was yesterday. We then went to, like, this Burton Bash party, and they're like, oh, it's going to be this great red carpet, you can do press, then we're going to have, like, drinks and food and, like, all this decor and Cirque du Soleil stuff and, like, everything. So we're like, okay, like, that sounds like a party worth checking out. So we went, we did not like stick around the red carpet area very long because people were like taking hours to trickle in and they were most of the people I didn't even know who they were so I was like okay let's like go upstairs and enjoy the party so we went upstairs and Hollywood parties are just so funny to me because like no one really interacts with each other well people were interacting a little bit but we also left really early so but you always assume that like Hollywood parties like everyone is mingling with everyone and everyone's chatting with everyone whereas most people kind of stick to their own groups that they came with. Yeah. Um, we did chat with some really cool people. Um, one worked for like an animation company. I don't know what the other people did. They were from Portland. But I was kind of like, why advertise? They were like advertising 
in the invite like in the press invitation like oh you can get these cocktails like our signature cocktail and they made it sound like they were just like free cocktails and instead they were charging like $30 a cocktail yeah so I was kind of like that's kind of stingy we didn't try the food they had some like cool colorful sliders the decor I felt like was kind of lacking for a it, it was party. okay it was cool. I mean, if we spent a little more time there, we might have been like, oh, there were people trickling in with um, costumes and whatnot, which was kind of cool to see. Yeah. A lot of Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice was fun because, like, the people had, like, the full masks. Yeah. Um, And then I was like, the main party for, like, the general public is probably a lot more fun. Yeah. I think they got most of the decor, like, on the floor below us with the people that like had bought tickets and were just there to party. I don't know. I think that for a certain personality, that would have been a really fun place. So what did you do this morning? So this morning, Andrew and I split up for a while. I went to the Cartoon Network winner takes all panel. And I only watched the second half because I came in a little bit late, but they had people from what's it called? Craig from the Creek. They had We Baby Bear Bears and then Teen Titans Go. And the We Baby, the whatever, the We Baby Bears, the kids were like seven or eight years old on the cast. And it's really interesting seeing like three, seven, eight-year-olds on a panel trying to like keep them riled in. And when they're asked a question, like their answers are so completely ridiculous. They'll be like, what's it? Some kid went up and was like, what's it like to be a professional actor? And they're like, it's good. Yeah. And you're like, okay, cool. And the Teen Titans go, the guy who plays Beast Boy, who's always a fun guy to watch, he had his dog there, Wingman. Yeah. And I enjoy when people have dogs. So after that, I saw the Toucan Birdie panel, which is probably my favorite panel I've seen this entire con. It had the creator and then Tiffany Haddish, Nicole Byer and Sashir. I never remember her last name, but she's a comedian. She was also in woke and they had great banter amongst themselves. Lots of comedy, lots of information about like the show and stuff behind it. And I just really enjoyed that. What did you do while I was I just went to one panel and I didn't even see the whole thing. It was, uh, what is the best superpower? And they basically just talked about like, uh, what the worst superpower is, which I think they all decided was like eating unlimited amounts of cheese or something. Or they said, what was another one was, um, making your target constipated would be a bad superpower. Like what a weird superpower like okay (laughs) it's kind of fun to hear about the debate behind that and then they talked about the greatest superpowers and i think they said like time travel would be one because you can kind of like go back and just kill the baby or whatever if you have an enemy oh my Um, sorry you just talked about killing babies and it reminded me of the toucan birdie panel obviously if you're killing babies you're like um morally compromised okay so So this brings me back to the story from the toucan birdie panel though so they were talking about what birds they would be if they were real birds and nicole Byer was like oh i would be a peacock and tiffany haddish is like oh we used to have peacocks that lived in my backyard and they were super annoyed and i was like me too and she's like yeah so i would just eat their eggs 
every morning and have a peacock egg breakfast. She's like, and I'd be like, I'll eat your babies. Don't come back around here. (laughs) And she just was rambling about eating the peacock eggs. And the creator of the show was like, wait, didn't you sing a song that was an improv song that we put in the show where you were eating your own eggs and singing about eating the babies? She's like, I didn't realize that that was like drawn from real life. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's not as funny to recount it later. Yeah, it's all right. It's kind of like, I think that you're just eating an egg, which is part of nature. So it's it's, just, it would be like eating duck eggs. But it's, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Like know. just stealing the peacock's eggs. and I've never had peacock egg, but I'm not going to turn my nose up at somebody who has, you know. I mean, it's probably similar to like a goose egg or something. It was but... probably more funny, you know, at the panel. Yeah. Um, we also did press for the Orville. I was kind of upset because Seth MacFarlane didn't even show up to Comic-Con. Yeah, he just did a tune-in. He, like, got in on Zoom. He couldn't even see the panel. So it was weird because he was looking at himself the whole time while interacting with the panel. It was a little bizarre. Yeah, I, I wasn't, like, taken by it. We also did press for that, and it was, like, a little bit chaotic and not... Um, it wasn't super well wasn't put like, together. Yeah, I didn't really feel like I got anything answered or done, so... And it was a bummer because um, the guy that played Bordis and Clyden, the, the two guys, they ended up not having time to come to our roundtable because they were so behind. Like, it was so chaotic that they got so behind that we didn't even get to interview the last two people. And I was like, man, that's who I had questions for. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was kind of a bummer. The panel, I felt like, while all of the actors are wonderful, there were just too many people on the panel. Yeah. And the moderator was not great. So I felt like the panel itself was kind of a letdown. And then we saw Mythic Quest, and it was just hard to concentrate because there was a baby in front of us who was, like, like being burped and, like, making noise. Yeah, there was, like, the baby wasn't that distracting because babies are just cute for the most part. But there was a guy who was, like, obnoxiously clapping way too loud. I hate that. Like, super loud clapping. And my ears are kind of sensitive, and I'm like, dude, like, tone it down. There's a baby next to you. Yeah, I'm like, you don't need to be the loudest clapper in the room. You know, there's, like, 20,000 people here. Nobody's going to hear you. Like, try to be with the crowd and not, like, standing out like i just wanted to like pull my mask down and start whistling as loud as i could yeah see right in his ear like you like that see my main issue with the baby was more like who brings a baby to a panel that's so crowded with so many people like the baby's not wearing a mask and then you've got this dude with super clapper that's his name clapping in the baby's ear so i'm like okay you're damaging my ears but worse you're damaging that baby's soul and the baby was like crawling around on the ground like touching everybody and touching things and it's like it's dirty in there okay well you're just a baby hater no i'm not a baby hater i'm like like i wouldn't feel comfortable bringing my child she would rather eat a baby than have a baby crawling around (laughs) no i just like that baby's gonna get covid like well yeah that's a new thing. You expose your baby to COVID, then you know. at Comic Con, yeah. evidently. So, yeah, that's our panel so far. We're hoping to go hit up. An- You're like that baby's gonna get a cold. We're hoping to hit up unnecessary debates here. 
this evening. And then tomorrow, I really want to go see The School of Good and Evil Yeah. for Netflix, which is in a small room, so I'm hoping I can get in. And then I think it's just going to be an exhibit hall day for me. Nice. I went to the exhibit hall. It overwhelmed my circuits, and I got toasted. Yeah. I I have an issue like spending more than a few minutes in the exhibit hall. So I still have stuff I have to pick up that I had pre-ordered. Mm-hmm. So I guess I have to do that tomorrow. Yep. So we are going to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor, and we'll be right back. We all have had struggles when it comes to our skin. I know, especially on trips, my skin is usually a complete and utter nightmare. And that's why I'm so excited to partner with Apostrophe. And they're the sponsor for this episode. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed oral and topical medications that are clinically proven to help clear acne. At Apostrophe, they have an expert dermatology team, and they help create a personalized treatment plan that is perfectly tailored to your unique skin. You basically just go on and you fill out Apostrophe's online quiz, and you let them know about your skin goals, your medical history, and then you snap a few selfies and a board-certified dermatologist will create your initial customized treatment plan. One thing I love about Apostrophe is it's actual dermatologists. Like I said, like these people work in offices and they also work to get you the perfect skincare at Apostrophe. Apostrophe treats all types of acne from hormonal acne to facial acne and even chest knee, back knee, and butt knee. They treat breakouts from head to toe. I am also completely obsessed with their sunscreen. I love a good sunscreen that is good for my sensitive skin, doesn't cause breakouts, and helps protect me from that bright summer sun. We have a special deal for our audience. You can save $15 off your first visit with an apostrophe provider at apostrophe.com slash wine30. When you use our code wine30, this code is only available to our listeners. So once again, to get started, go to apostrophe.com slash wine30 and click begin. Visit, then use our code WINE30 at sign up, and you'll get your first visit for only $5. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash WINE30, and use that code WINE30 to get your first dermatologist-crafted treatment plan for $5. And we thank Apostrophe for sponsoring this podcast. Hi, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for sticking with us. For the second half, we wanted to share a clip with you from one of our San Diego Comic-Con panels. This is from the first Hall H panel that we went to this year, which was Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves. So this clip is going to kick off with Chris Pine talking about what drew him to the movie and his experience with Dungeons & Dragons in his real life. And it kind of goes down the line. We get to hear from the others as well. So after Chris Pine, you will hear from Michelle Rodriguez, Reggae, Sophia, and then Hugh Grant. So enjoy this clip and we look forward to sharing more Comic-Con content with you next week. So I wasn't a big DM here, but my, my nephew's, um, who's now 13 years old, is a huge player. He's writing his own campaigns, he's playing every week. And um, 
In fact, when, when I talked to John and Jonathan about, about doing this, they said, let me just send, send you over like a little gift package and you know, all, all things D&D. And I told my nephew about it. I said, why don't you come on over and we'll open it up together. And to see his eyes when this little treasure chest opened go from you know big to, to bigger, I, I knew something was up. And then we decided to get my whole family to play, to do a, a round of it with his, his Dungeon Masters. And um, it was an amazing thing to see all of my family light up in that particular way. And I, I hadn't seen that happen in my family in, in years. And from, you know, my father who didn't really want to play, my sister who thought it was kind of a pain, to how, you know, how it just slowly snowballed and everybody got super stoked on it and really excited and then three hours in you've completely forgotten that, you know, you, uh, that you didn't want to ten minutes before it or whatever. And um, so, yeah, it, just, it was a surprise to me that I hadn't really found it until 42 or whatever and I had this I had this uh, I know tell me that. <laughs> uh, I had this, I, this idea it's like if, if there's one game like in high school I thought to myself like that should be played in every single high school or school across the nation it should be it should be D&D yeah. and the jock and of course I only speak in John Hughes terms <laughs> you know all in a room and I guarantee you in 20 minutes no one will remember what kind of you know class they came from and who their best friends are and who the dork is and all that stuff they just want to play and have a laugh and that I saw that so distinctly and so clearly it became um, I just thought it was such a great world and an energy that I wanted to put out into the world is to spread the, the gospel of D&D. Yeah. Jersey, man. You don't you don't grow up in Jersey without playing D and D. It's just you know what you do. Um, at 15, 16, 17 years old, I hadn't played in over 20 years till the boys uh, called me up and said, "Hey, uh, you into playing uh, a Viking?" And I'm like, "Sure." <laughs> Barbarian, but yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it just brought back all these memories, you know, being a, a kid in a basement uh, goofing off with my friends, you know. It's a, it's, it's a beautiful experience, and I think role-playing games are awesome, and I think more people Woo! should do them. <laughs> she kicks ass. That is true. Yeah, on to you, Reagan. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I've always been D&D adjacent. I think I came in, and I enjoy computer games that do the math for me. Uh, <laughs> I basically grew up as Eddie Munson, like I was uh, picked on a school being weird and foreign, and I went home and I made angry guitar music, played Chrono Trigger and Diablo, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so I kind of came into it through that way, and so I think that that world of, I know a little something about escapist fantasy that gives you no limits, that gives you kind of this big open world of possibility that may not necessarily always be open to you in your real life, but is there the second you get a group of people together? And I find that in a slightly less inspiring way than our leader over here, kind of by the same thing. Um, I've always found role-playing games super inspiring in that way, so that's the way I came in. <laughs> I like to play Paladins my heart. <laughs> Sophia? Yeah, uh, hello. Um, yes, I... 
I, I started in high school. Um, I started getting into those D&D podcasts, like Critical Role and Adventures, all of that stuff. And um, it kind of opened up this whole new world because I started meeting these people in high school who also play D&D, like my teachers and everyone. And um, uh, I actually left my old school to, uh, uh, I transferred to a new school halfway through. And right when I left, my old school started a D&D club. Um, so every day after school, I'd take like a 20 minute transit back to my old school and <laughs> run in and play D&D with my old lab teacher and everyone. And um, that was one of the most funs I've ever had uh, in a high school. And I still think about it to this day. And um, I still try to get together with my old friends and, and play another campaign, maybe DM one day, I don't know. but. Uh, yeah, no, I, I love D&D. It's awesome. And here in my notes it says Hugh has always been a lifelong D&D fan, is that? <laughs> <laughs> I think you mixed it up with S&M. <laughs> She's not wrong. <laughs> I've been an enthusiastic dungeon master for some years. <laughs> that's, a, that's a British pastime. <laughs> National sport, almost. <laughs> I believe that's why the Jonathans thought of me for this... <laughs> my reputation. <laughs> but no. What a lovely film to be in. It's really funny. It made me laugh a lot. And um, what else can I say? How nice to be here. How nice to be here. <laughs> Comic-Con. Believe it or not, this is Hugh's first Comic-Con. Yes. 